Welcome to Day Beautiful. I'm Adam Vitkavich, and this is a podcast where readers can discover debut authors. If you like what you hear here, check out daybeautiful.net for more author interviews and book recommendations. You can also follow us on social media at Day Beautiful on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Today's guest is a Brooklyn-based author of fiction and creative nonfiction. Her writing has appeared in Salamander, Ninth Letter, The Common, and Elsewhere. Her work has been long-listed for Glimmer Train's Short Story Award for New Writers and Diagrams Innovative Fiction Contest and nominated for a Pushcart Prize and a Best of the Net Anthology. She earned her MFA from Florida State University and originally hails from Rhode Island. Her debut novel, Glassworks, is out now. Please welcome Olivia Wolfgang Smith. Hey, Olivia. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course. Thank you for being here. Uh, your debut novel, Glassworks, will be out by the time this podcast is out. Um, tell readers a little bit about what Glassworks is all about from your perspective. Um, yeah, sure. Um, I'm Glassworks is a it's a multi generational novel. It's told in four sections, set in 1910, 1938, 1986, and 2015. Um, it follows one very expansively defined um, family through all kinds of dramas and relationships. Um, each character is concerned with legacy and identity, and also they all work in glass in some capacity, um, whether that's making these very lifelike uh, botanical models or washing skyscraper windows. Um, so I've described it as it's a novel about a family business that doesn't totally realize it's a family business. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm i fascinated by that. The aspect of glass was that always there from the beginning like like was that like what came first the family or glass yeah um that's a that's a really good way to put the question the answer is kind of both at the same time <laughs> yeah um the epigraph of the book is a quote from leopold blaschka um who is a uh the a czech um glass artisan from the late 19th early 20th century um he was part of a two-man creative scientific team of glass artisans um, with his son, Rudolf. Um, and I found out about them, the Blaschkas and their work um, at the at a, a science museum. It's really fast that you're as likely to find their stuff at an art museum as a science museum mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and like was just blown away by the idea of, I guess just like a professional and creative partnership that's also a parent and child was like really intense for me. Um, and, uh, their work is just like really, uh, mesmerizing as well. So that's where like the seed of the idea came from kind of thinking about both things at once. Awesome. What, when roughly was that? Like how long ago? Um, that I had that experience. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Um, I guess that was, uh, 2018. Um, so yeah, that was the, it like percolated for a little bit. I, sure. Very shortly after that, I learned about the existence of, uh, the memorial, um, keepsake ornament um, mm. industry, which is also in the book um, and is very real. And again, just like another way that working with glass is um, is tied up with these like really big human emotions um, mm. of like family and grief. Uh, so yeah, these things kind of braided together from that point. For sure. Yeah, I always like to get timelines. I feel like it's, I've heard feedback for people who listen to the podcast, like they find it fascinating, like how long books take or how short books take or what the editing process is like. And that's kind of what Day Beautiful has become now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you um, you have an MFA, uh, which is like the quote unquote traditional literary fiction scene path 
um, which there is no traditional path, but there you have an MFA. But I'm curious, were you always a writer? Were you always into art? Like, were you always into reading growing up, teens, early college? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even before, I have like a very strong like foundational memory of the like author night in my like first grade class when mm-hmm. we would like write these like little stories and have our uh, all of our parents come into school and like uh, uh, go around and we would do readings for these people. Very, very like strong memory of being six years old and being like, oh, this is great. This is the life. Um, so yeah, I would say that it that it probably went back that far. Yeah. What um, were like the early books that like grabbed you and that were your thing? Oh my gosh. I feel um, I definitely am remembering uh like Roald Dahl the BFG I like mm-hmm. was a very big impression on me I think for sure growing up um and then also I grew up in a rural area so uh Laurel Ingalls Wilder um was like a very foundational um to me as a kid um those are the first ones that I remember like carrying around with me yeah for sure I'm, I'm gonna shift focus and ask things I haven't really asked so you mentioned growing up in a rural area I've been thinking a lot about this lately because I think I saw a tweet a while ago and it's like everyone loves independent bookstores of course they're amazing but someone's like I grew up in rural Indiana we didn't have independent bookstores we had borders and Barnes and Noble like did, did you have those big box bookstores or were you like how rural were you <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that's definitely my memory. It would be, I, I guess like a, like it was an event to go yet. Yeah, first of all, yes, it was, a it was, it was borders, I think at the mm-hmm. time, although like I get RIP. Um, yeah. That, uh, yeah. And it was definitely like, a. Uh, I, I don't know, like like 25, 30 minute drive. Like, oh, like yeah. it was an event to go um, to a bookstore. I had a much, much bigger relationship with my local um, public library, mm-hmm. which I could walk to from my house growing up. And For that sure. was, that, that was all of my like foundational relationships with books come from that. Yeah. Um, and it, it functioned in my life the way that local independent bookstores now do in my adult life uh, living in a city. Um, so yeah, that's, that was my for sure yeah like i i remember growing up in pennsylvania local library like spent so much time there and then but there was like a walden books in the mall and that's Mm -hmm. where i went like you know it's just it's it's just fascinating i've been thinking a lot about how like the book industry has shifted and changed because of reality and um yeah i just want to give a shout out to like rural areas who just have a barnes and noble and that's okay to shop at like every someone asked me that recently i was like yes of course go shop there um so as you're growing as you're you know bfg wilder (laughs) um in your teens are you like attempting to write is it like is it a consistent passion yeah um definitely it was always a goal um and i definitely threw out um throughout high school um, was we didn't there weren't like classes really that I, like it wasn't a, a thing at school um, but definitely something that I was doing in my free time like many notebooks full of like little embarrassing stories that I hope have uh, been destroyed <laughs> and uh, then uh, uh, definitely like something I was focused on as I was like looking at colleges um, was wanting to find um, a place I could go with creative writing classes. Definitely, definitely. And then you eventually get your MFA. Um, is that is Glassworks a part of it? I'm trying now. Now I'm like getting nitty gritty into your timeline. So yeah, yeah. Is, is MFA before Glassworks completely? Long, long before. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. yeah, I only at my MFA was only ever writing short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's that's it's kind of um, it's interesting. The things that I got out of the MFA were like uh, 
I had like great workshops, great teachers, um, found a, like a community of readers uh, that I'm still in touch with and still in writing groups with. We still have these accountability things where we're like holding each other to mm-hmm. um, to the work. Um, and I think that that all of that um, it came for me from an MFA. I think it could have it could come for from any from anywhere for anyone. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be through the program. But yeah, I definitely that the MFA like proved to me that I was able to read and write at a really high volume. I think that that's the most valuable thing about it is that like you can come out of a program like that knowing having the memory that you're capable of like working that hard that much um so that you can like hold yourself to it um back out in the real world where yeah it's hard to find it's hard to feel like you have the time or the capacity but yeah like the um the I think that the one thing that I didn't get out of the program that I had to sort of teach myself after was that I was capable of writing something novel length which was like very Mm. intimidating to figure out yeah and those short stories that you were exploring, uh, were they similar themes, topics to Glassworks or what, what were you exploring then? Yeah, I think I definitely have like the the historical like piece of it, the historical sensibility and the kind of jumping between um, different uh, time periods and different uh, voices and styles of writing um, has definitely always been something I'm interested in, or at least at least since that um, era. Um, so yeah, I think that, I think that there was a natural progression for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always like, I, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of writers and it's uh, sometimes you hear like, oh, what I was working on in my MFA is now like this debut novel or this debut story collection. Um, but a lot of times it's like, oh, I was working on stories and now I have a story collection or I was working on a novel and now I have a novel, but you were really focused on stories. And then now you're the thing you are debuting with is a novel, what um yeah I guess like there's not really a question other than like why like why did you not continue with stories I'm sure you're still writing stories though but like how how did Glassworks become what you focused on I guess yeah that's a really good question um one interesting thing is that I really don't so much um I I mean first of all nothing is final like I don't Mm -hmm. know this is not saying like I'm done with short stories now but um something about um uh, having learned to think in this sort of uh, cadence of a novel where like things are, things take uh, longer um, mm-hmm. and can take longer in a way that's like, I've gotten, I'm really attached to that way of thinking about fiction and the way of thinking about the arc of a story. Um, and to, to the extent in the past, in the, like in the past several years that I've tried to draft short stories, they come out like, 11,000 words long and with lots missing and I realized that it's like not actually a short story um so yeah I don't know I think in my particular case it was a matter of writing short stories because that's all I'd ever written and so that's how my brain worked and when I came up with a creative idea that's how that's how the scaffolding was Mm -hmm. and then um practicing with drafting novels like Glassworks is not the first novel I ever drafted I wrote one really bad one that was just me learning how to write something that length um and now that for now at least this is just how my brain is thinking yeah yeah i'm not going to ask specifics about the bad novel that you drafted (laughs) but um what i'm curious on is like how long did the first draft of your bad first novel that is unpublished (laughs) how long did that take like while you were learning yeah that is such a good question um I don't know if this is like I've blocked it out on purpose. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> versus 
having a bad memory. I don't know. Um, I think that um, I, I my drafting in, in general is very inconsistently paced, which is part of why I have a hard time remembering how long mm-hmm, it's taken. Mm-hmm. I might have like these days, like really, really fast paced days where I'll write like several thousand words. And I think like, God, if every day was like this, it would be over in yeah. three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I've gotten faster. I think it was a, a slow experience um, relatively the first time. Yeah. Um, like maybe a little over a year. Um, and that uh, Glassworks, I had to look this up recently. So I know more specifically was around 10 months, again, very unevenly paced. Sure um where I got married in the middle of that so did nothing for a while and then as soon as the wedding was over I had so much um suddenly freed up brain space and adrenaline that got like a lot of drafting done um right after that yeah what was the biggest thing you learned from that first draft to Glassworks first draft um like comparing the two yeah yeah like what like what made Glassworks easier oh that's such a good question um I wish that I think that um I think that the first time that I tried to write something novel length I was very preoccupied from the very beginning with what the whole thing would look like mm-hmm. like I felt like I needed to have an entire sense beginning middle end like what the whole arc was what all of the um characters like development was going to be um and it made for something that I think felt kind of like a, like, I think that's a good way to write a short story um, or at least a serviceable way to to draft a short story. And what I ended up with was something that was sort of felt like a short story, but was 300 pages long. And then I think that uh, with Glassworks, I was sort of more open, um, like, like not scared to just start with an idea and see where it went. Mm -hmm. Um, And that ended up serving me much better, I think. For sure. Yeah, uh, thanks for being so uh, open about that too. Because a lot of people are like, I don't really want to talk about my failed attempts um, <laughs> of writing. Uh, with Glassworks, you mentioned um, anyone who reads it, it's in four sections. Was that a structural a structure you knew going into it, or did that come out of did that come naturally? Um, it mostly it mostly um, developed over time. I knew from day one that it was going to be at least two um, braided sections. And the first two I had were the first and the last. Mm -hmm. So 1910 and 2015. Um, And I thought that it was going to be, I didn't know how long it might be. Like, I thought that it was like, like a novella ish, like jumping back and forth between these two timelines of these two people who are um, related, but don't realize it. Like, you know, don't realize the connection that they have. And it was only as I was working on that, that I started to think like, you know like to wonder about who the middle sections of this family Mm -hmm. would be that connected the relay um but that wasn't that wasn't something that i on day one thought would be uh needed which seems insane now (laughs) but it wasn't there um at first but it was only as i wrote into the stories and got to know these characters and um and and their motivations and what they were up against that i was like this is not i need to know we need to know more Um, yeah yeah I came For up sure. with the, that started with the so added the 1980 section next and then for a second thought that was done like thought that was it uh, and then realized that there was one missing um and added the 30 section yeah yeah i 
I love family dramas and I love how you added this layer of like glass into it, um, connecting them all. It, I mean, yeah, I'm just talking about how much I love your book. <laughs> That's what I do halfway through a podcast. I'm just like, yeah, really loved it. It's been great. Um, uh, I also like to get into like the nitty gritty of editing. And I'm so you mentioned drafting is inconsistent. You got married. Congratulations. Then, <laughs> then, you, then you had a rush of a rush of drafting. But what is your editing process like once you had that draft 10 months later? What did, what did Glassworks need? What did you go through? Um, for this particular book, a lot of the editing process um, was about connecting the four sections um at least from the reader's point of view if not from the character's point of view um this book is a very unique strange shape where it's got these four kind of like siloed um sections with these readers with these with these characters who who each think of themselves as like the main character of the book like they mm -hmm. think that their section is the book um and for, i just like it's an important it's important to have this overarching like this dramatic irony from the reader's perspective to to see how everything is to connected and to see um how these characters show up in each other's stories um and that that all a lot of that um came came in editing a lot of that was like not so the very first draft was sort of taking each character at their word that they are the protagonists of reality and like there is no connection to anything else and then um editing was about stitching it together for the mm -hmm. most part yeah did that isn't I feel like I talk about the pandemic way too much now, but like, w was the draft done by the pandemic, like 2020, or were you editing during all that? The first draft was done before the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. And so it was the, the, but the editorial process was basically all done. Um, uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's yeah. edit, editing takes a long time and also yeah. the pandemic has been long. So it's, but like, yeah, there's been, it's what you can like kind of read through and see um uh i feel i feel like at least i can see the, the evidence of the the logistics and the the mental uh, uh toll of the pandemic and some of the editing yeah 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 i'm always curious now because I, I um recently in the, the past few conversations i had for the podcast um i think now it's like a lot of writing took place during the pandemic i think for a while it was like it was done a lot was done before like yours I'm just so curious, like people's, yeah, like you said, mindset and like the t physical toll it took on people, like what writing, even if you're not writing about 2020, like just like it seeps into a lot of novels, which is not good, not bad. It's just a fact, you know? Yeah. Um. So I'm curious, Uh. yeah, the, the, the what, when you're reading, do you, what do you look for? Like when you, when, what excites you when you're reading is a character's plot? pace like what 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 do you look for when you want to pick up a book I mean I'm I'm happy to like anything like I, yeah. I I read very eclectically and there are certain things that like like in my sensibility as a writer I'm very interested in voice and character and like um to, to see a type of world that I'm not familiar with. Mm -hmm. So I love to read in that way as well. But also like when I read things that are like really, really like incredibly like, have those like Swiss watch plots, like it like mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by that because it's like incredible to watch someone do something so amazing. Like, I don't know, I'll, um, I'll so, so I'll, I'll read widely and I enjoy all kinds of books. Um, but I do, I think that in general, 
it's character relationships that fascinate me the sure. most. Um, so that's that's what I'm most interested in exploring in my own writing. And it's yeah. kind of inevitable that that's also like what I get most excited about as a reader as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, with like character relationships, I mean, you we've talked, we've alluded to it a few times throughout the conversation, but like these four, your four characters, you know, are decades apart and they're like the, the main part of their story. What was it like? And then, and then you mentioned like they, from their perspective, they're the, the main character, but what was it like balancing these relationships that weren't, I guess, like, um, like how, how did you ensure that they felt connected, even though there was like so much distance between them time-wise? Yeah. Okay. That's a really good question. Um, yeah, I think that I'm, I'm hopeful. I think this book is really interested in some sort of like bedrock level human uh, uh, foibles, I guess, for yeah. lack of a better word. Um, so I'm hoping that that if I've done my job right, that like even though these characters are existing in very different um, time frames, that the the challenges they're facing are very similar. Yeah. Um, I find that kind of interesting then because it's like they all have these same. They're like running their different eras software, but trying to solve these same uh, mm -hmm. like part. Uh, uh, so I'm hoping that like there's there's uh, recurring. Um, that that there you can like recognize the rhymes and the 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 repetition of the different um challenges that they're facing. For sure. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um I like the idea of like their different eras software solving the same problems. Um like, I feel yeah, like, there's just yeah. a lot of the same, a lot of the same challenges, but um they just like all have different contexts and vocabulary for how they describe them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um kind of wrapping up, not necessarily asking about what's next, but do you see yourself continuing to write about like history about like interpersonal relationships like or more like yeah like kind of what what interests you writing wise I'll just ask that yeah oh thank you for asking um well I'm happy to say that I am um working on book two um also at Bloomsbury with my same um editor Grace McNamee um so I can say that at least for the next book, yes, I'm still interested in historical uh, fiction and yes, still interested in character relationships because I can have some confidence about what is immediately next. Um, so, but yeah, I think that uh, I just don't, I don't foresee that um, like, ch like changing anytime soon. Um, but I think it's just a rich enough um, field that I have yet run out of questions to ask about it, um, but yeah. Thank you so much to Olivia for joining the Day Beautiful podcast to talk about her debut novel, Glassworks. You can find her on the internet at wolfgangsmith.squarespace.com and on Twitter at owolfgangsmith. You can find Day Beautiful on the internet at daybeautiful.net and on all social media at daybeautiful. As always, I'm Adam. This is Day Beautiful, and you're all.